Today is October 6, 2022. Uh, thank you for joining me. This is The Matrix is Real. My name is Neo. So, some odd, uh, I guess, stories this week. Um, the first one is uh, just what I'd like to talk about in general. Uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned several months ago. And since then, there's been um, a lot of dialogue and conversation about, you know, women's rights and, you know, how this is uh, counter to um, women's health, you know, somehow, you know, providing providing abortion services, which is essentially, you know, murdering babies while they're still in utero. Somehow that is health care. I, I don't understand. But... Um, up until up until you know recently this week, the dialogue has basically been you know that it's it's either women's rights, uh, right to health care, that sort of thing, or protecting the unborn. Um, but there was a development this week that definitely flew under the radar for mainstream media and for um, most avenues of discussion. You know, I haven't seen a whole lot on Twitter, on Instagram, anything like that. But the uh, Church of Satan filed a lawsuit against the U.S. government this week claiming that in overturning Roe versus Wade, the U.S. government is now actively um, standing in the way of the Church of Satan and its members' ability to, to freely practice their faith. Um, so they're basically suing on the grounds of, of religious freedom. So, you know, for years, for a long time, people, you know, in the, the quote, Christian community or, or religious community in general, you don't have to be Christian to stand against uh, abortion, um, you know, would say things like abortion is rooted in evil. It's, it's rooted in Satanism. You're, you're, you're essentially murdering a baby and you're, you're sacrificing it, so to speak. Um, and, and, it, and it's far more than, than just, uh, you know, the physical act of, of, of ending a baby's life while it's still in the mother's womb. That it has, you know, far deeper uh, ramifications than that. But with this lawsuit, once and for all, we can put away this idea that, you know, oh, it's just those crazy nuts, those craziest religious freaks, those crazy Jesus freaks that are, you know, trying to push their own views and ideologies on us. This is officially, and and, and I, I say this with, you know, absolute certainty, this is officially now a satanic act. You can't spin it any other way. Um, when the Church of Satan, you know, they have they have Satan as the the namesake of their organization, their church, um, comes out and says, you know, by not allowing abortions, you're you're infringing on our religious freedoms. You know, case case closed. There's there's no other way to spin it anymore. Now I've I've heard several people, including the Church of Satan itself, saying that. Uh, you know these far right wingers, these QAnon people. Which, by the way, little little tidbit there: QAnon is a psyop. Uh, if you haven't realized that already, you know, wake up. Um, it, QAnon, just like many other things that have happened in the recent in recent history, it's just it's just a way to mix truth with genuine falsehoods and and complete fabrications and and genuine quote conspiracy theories that have no factual backing. Um, QAnon is is something that you know don't even don't even associate with it or label yourself as that. I prefer somebody that's uh, you know a truther, somebody that 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 is seeking the truth because the truth not only is um, 
in my opinion, the absolute form of love, um, it's it's a very neutral term, you know. I, I, um, so, anyways, the point is is that the Church of Satan itself came out and said, you know, these 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 conspiracy theorists are trying to um, say that abortion not only is satanic, which you know, I don't see how you can spin it any other way, but that. They're trying to say that abortion itself is sort of a, like a like a, a ritualistic sacrifice, you know, to 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 Satan or something like that. And what they fall back on is that um, the Church of Satan has their own, you know, official for the public at least their official positions and stance and what they believe and all that out in the open. And as an organization, the Church of Satan, um, they claim to be atheists, which somebody coming from a logical perspective, a rational thinker, a critical thinker, if you truly are an atheist in that you you don't believe that there is any sort of higher form that, that has created this universe and governs it, then why would you insert that the, the creator's only adversary into your, the name of your organization? You know, there's there's many other names you could come up with, but but you know, Satan is is what you went with. So, so the way I look at it is, uh, I, I've I've read a lot about um, not just Satanism but Luciferianism. Uh, Luciferianism is different than Satanism, even though Lucifer and Satan, you could argue, are one and the same. Um, they're not, and just like you have Christians that come from de- many different you know sects and factions, uh, just like in, uh, the Muslims and Jews, you have various different you know categories of of people that all fall under the same basic umbrella of religious ideology um the same is true supposedly with 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 satanists um when i refer to satanists i'm referring to the elites of the world that very openly profess their faith for quote the dark lord that they believe that god's adversary is the one that it should truly be worshiped and served and that in the end days, in the, the the in the end of time, however you want to approach it, that it is Satan that will be victorious and not God. So, are there Satanists out there that you know this doesn't apply to? You know, sure, sure, I, I, you can make that argument. But another organization which advertises itself as a Christian organization, uh, the Freemasons, um, they have as well their own published official positions and beliefs and stances but if you've ever read into or researched at all into the freemasons or actually heard interviews of people that were actually in the organization themselves um what they tell the public is very different than what they truly believe um and the only piece people for example that know the true beliefs of the freemason organization are the the ones that are the 33 degree all right, 33rd degree, there we go, 33rd degree Freemasons, the one that have basically reached the highest level of, I guess you want to say enlightenment within the organization, those are the ones that really, really know what everything is all about. And that's that's the nature of, I feel, a cult, um, not a cult, like a, like a cult like the murders people, but a cult, U-C-C-U-L-T. A cult means hidden knowledge. And doesn't matter what organization you go to, whether it's you know the Christian Church, the Catholic Church, uh, the Muslim faith, the Jewish faith, uh, you know 
a lot of these secret societies and, and, and higher forms of government. You know, you could even call government itself a, a, a religion or a faith because statism, for example, is the ideology that the state ultimately should or has more power than the individual. So I would argue that government itself is a, it has become uh, or, or even began as, is a, is a, as a religion. Um, every one of these groups that I mentioned, the public knows one thing, but the higher-ups within these organizations know the truth, something very different. And so I don't, I don't see how the Church of Satan would be any different uh, than, than any of these other groups because we know how powerful people and the elites of the world operate. They... The, the basis of occult knowledge is that sometime in the past, these powerful people realized the true nature of power within this world. And in an effort to, because really elite people in this world, they're actually very spiritually weak. And that's why they cling to physical, the physical plane that we live in, in this three-dimensional three uh, holographic reality that we call existence um, they cling to I guess you could say earthly power you know power over money power over land power over people but there's a trade-off somebody that is usually very very strong in the physical realm is very weak in the spiritual and I don't know about you but I would much rather have my power in the spiritual realm because just just this is the example I give to people out of the entire electromagnetic spectrum, only 1% are we as humans aware of, and that's called visible light. We don't see x-rays, we don't see gamma rays, we don't see infrared, we don't see any of that. All we see is visible light in terms of, and, and I, would, I would argue, while we might be sensitive and be able to feel with our other senses, other, other areas of the, of, the, of the full electromagnetic spectrum, for example, infrared, you know, you have a high-powered infrared camera, you can possibly feel, you know, heat or, or something like that. But um, we with our physical eyes, everything almost is linked to our, our, our ability to see things. And so when you when you just think about that, 1% of all existence is, is what we call reality, whereas 99% is something that we are just completely unaware of. So thinking about about that if if your earthly power comprises your your entire being and that's that's what you cling to in the grand scheme of things you're only one percent uh tapping into your full potential as as a as i guess as a, as a form of consciousness as a form of divine consciousness because all of our consciousness individually emanates from the creator there's the, the, even evil and that's that's something that's hard for people to grasp with but I, I look to Buddha. There is no such thing as evil. Uh, Buddha said that there is no evil, only the absence of light. When you walk into a dark room, it's not, it's dark. You, you, it's a word you use to describe it. But the second that you turn on the light or light a candle, instantly it's, it's illuminated. It's now light again. So there is no such thing as evil people. There are just people that have really strayed from the creator. And why do I bring this up? Well, again, I feel very much that evil is rising in this world. We have so many different forms of mass media that, that openly depict essentially uh, Satan or the devil, whatever you want to call this entity, trying to make its way into our plane of, ex of existence, trying to move from the more, I guess, 
uh, spiritual realm fully up into our physical realm. Uh, because you can argue that, that the devil has controlled humanity and the world through his, his vessels and his puppets for, for probably since the beginning of time. You know, uh, at least after, you know, supposedly Adam and Eve's fall from, from, from heaven and from, from the Garden of Eden. If you believe in the literal interpretation from the, from the book of Genesis, which I don't. But basically, God has allowed the devil to, to control and manipulate this, this realm, whereas he reserves his power and his complete uh, uh, sovereignty in everything else that is existence. So we're now in a period where we're seeing Satanism become more and more ingrained in our in the fabrics of our society. We're seeing, you know, for years people said, "Oh, you know, the the music industry is controlled by the devil." And people, <laughs> "You're crazy. You want you crazy nut job, you Jesus freak." But you know, you you see that music video with, with Lil Nas X where he's literally falling into heaven and sorry, falling into hell. And when he gets there, he's performing for and twerking on the devil himself full of horns and everything. You know, it's it's not conspiracy theory anymore because maybe you could argue that oh that's just that's just art or that's just an expression of 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 you know of, of feelings or of a vision or whatever you don't want to you want to say but I used to work in Hollywood I used to be an actor and I, part of the reason I got out was because I very quickly was realizing that I I wasn't at this point uh, back then in my level of understanding but I very, very quickly began to see that you at least metaphorically have to sell your soul in order to make it in Hollywood. And that's something that I just refused to do. Back then, I, I looked at it more as, you know, you have to sign away your, your, uh, your, your morals, your morality, and make sacrifices in terms of what you're willing and not willing to do in order to make it. But I have since come to believe that, no, you, in order to make it big, in order to be famous in Hollywood, in the music industry, in the, in the movie and film and TVs, anything like that, you literally have to sell your soul. It's not metaphorical. It is literal. You know, I've, I've read so many instances of people signing their signing contracts with their own blood. You see Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly giving interviews talking about how they ingest each other's blood for, quote, ritualistic purposes. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. What they're telling people, it's it, if anything, in my opinion, it's to normalize it. But there is a lot more beyond what what they tell us on TV or what they tell us in interviews or what they tell us through music videos. And that's where you have to use discernment. You have to you have to really pay attention and read between the lines. But just going back to the whole issue of abortion itself, why is abortion, from my perspective? Um, why is it such a, a satanic act? Well, I I used to I, I grew up, you know, in the traditional public school education system, and I was taught and I led to believe that it was just a quote fetus. It's not a baby. It's a fetus. It's a they use that word to to differentiate and make you you think that it's something different. If we look at you know a frog. And a tadpole. Yeah, it still might be a tadpole, but it it, it it is still a, quote, young frog, right? Left uninterrupted in its development, it will become a frog one day. 
And that's, you know, even 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 a human embryo, you know, a baby that's growing kind of looks like a tadpole, you know, even going to the basic foundations, uh, you know, before you have uh, fertilization, you've got the egg for the woman and you've got the sperm cell for the, the man, which literally looks like a swimming tadpole. So um, it's evil because innocence you know, when we think of, you know, oh, spare the women and children, we're, we're talking about sparing the innocent. Children, many people have said, are the the closest that you can get to God on earth because prior to being uh, conceived, prior to being born, these children were spiritually, they still spiritually existed, but they didn't exist here on earth. They were existing in, in uh, if you want to call it heaven, the netherworld, um, the the uh, unmanifested, whatever you want to call it, they were closer and with God at the, before they became uh, physically manifested on this planet with with the rest of us. So, a child, especially or a baby, I guess you should say, especially an unborn baby that is still literally connected to its mother with the umbilical cord inside the mother's womb. That's as innocent as you can get and therefore that's as close to God as you can possibly get on this planet right so what do you think if you want to look at things I try to look at the world with with spiritual glasses on because we might see like for example an act of like robbery or an act of 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 assault or theft or murder we might look at those in the physical way like oh that's wrong but what all we see with our eyes is you know somebody physically getting hit or somebody physically getting killed, or somebody having their property stolen from them. But if we actually were to put on our spiritual glasses and look at that, remember, we only see 1% of the electromagnetic spectrum. If we put on those spiritual glasses and we look at that, seeing the rest of existence, we're just going to see energy, right? We're going to see dark energy or positive light energy. Something that most people don't know. You ever, you ever get a bad vibe about somebody? We, again, we can't see these things, but they, through various different uh, photographic methods, um, we've shown that not only the human mind, the brain, sorry, I, I use that interchangeably sometimes, but the human brain emits its own frequency. And, and, and if, you, if you could you know, color it out so people would see it with their eyes, it basically shoots out from the top of the brain in like a, in like a, a field, like almost like a, a sphere, like a force field almost, that's the, and, 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 it's, and it encompasses, you know, around the person. The only part of the human body that emits a stronger field of energy is the human heart. And I've read some people, some doctors and scientists that have said that the heart in itself has essentially its own brain. That's why, you know, we always hear that term when you, when you, should, you should act from the heart or feel through the heart as opposed to thinking and feeling through your brain. It's because your mind, your mind and your brain is not as powerful as your heart. And why? Because heart is, is literally the basis of what gives us life and continues to give us life. Without our heart pumping, our brain can't survive. A person can be physically alive without their brain function, right? It happens all the time when people are in a vegetative state. But you cannot live without your heart. Because if there's not blood pumping through your veins, you die. Your whole body dies. Not just your brain. Everything that receives blood, which is everything in your body, it all dies. So, if you're looking at an, at an abortion and not looking with your own eyes, I'm just saying looking at the concept, the idea of it, 
you're essentially allowing usually a stranger. The doctor that performs the procedure is usually a complete stranger, right? It's not somebody that, that was a family doctor growing up throughout throughout the kid's life and and you know help them when they when they uh, when they hit puberty and no, it's not one of those people. It's usually some random doctor at some clinic that is you know performed thousands upon thousands of these. And you know after you get it done, you never hear from him again. You, you don't send the guy a Christmas card. You don't send send the lady flowers. You know they just disappear from your existence and your mind, right? So we have a basically no human connection really whatsoever. Treating the entire process as a medical procedure, similar to like, you know, you, you got a bunion that you need taken off or, you know, you uh, you broke your bone, you need it fixed, which, uh, again, I, I don't see how literally sucking and ripping the life out of another human being, which is living inside of another human being, is medical health care or a medical procedure. But that's what, what we have reduced it to. You are literally destroying the closest thing that you can possibly get to God on this earth. How else can that be anything but satanic? Every time that an abortion happens, you know, we, we used to say that, uh, you know, every time something happens, an angel gets its wings. I feel every single time we perform an abortion, we give more power to, to evil. Uh, you could say a demon gets his demonic wings. And if you just look at the history, I mean... In the, in the United States of America, Planned Parenthood was founded by Margaret Sanger, who was a pretty outspoken um, racist and eugenicist that basically wanted to exterminate the black population in this country, um, as well as essentially reserve the rights of reproduction of having children to only the affluent, the intelligent, the physically gifted, etc., She's the founder of your organization, Planned Parenthood. That, that's already, again, pretty evil and satanic in my eyes. But we don't, you know, as a society, not many people ever want to talk about that aspect. The other thing that, the problem that I have is that, just like the subject of rape, because um, I'm, about, I'm about solutions. I'm not about... A lot of people want to talk about the problem. I, I always try to focus on a solution. People say, well, without abortions, then what's, your, what's the solution? Well, I would argue that the majority of abortions that are carried out, not only in the United States, but all over the world, are done, for, done so for economic reasons. So we would all agree overall. Some people don't. Some people believe that you should be able to you know, abort a baby even after birth, essentially murder a baby. But... Um, most people are in agreement that murdering is wrong, that killing another another human being is wrong. Um, the only instances where maybe it's justified or acceptable is if, you know, it's like in self-defense. But killing, and, and, and the method with which, with which we do it, it's not like when we, you know, when we, think about this. Somebody that is on death row has a more humane uh, execution than a an innocent unborn baby that is still growing in its mother's womb. You think about that. The baby doesn't get any any pain medicine. Baby doesn't get you know any amount of of preparation or any. They basically basically just suck the baby out limb by limb and tear it tear it apart out of its mother's womb and discard it like it's trash. So the most violent murderers on this planet are shown more empathy, or I'm sorry, more sympathy, I guess you could say, 
than than a, an unborn child. The other thing is, like I said, is that the majority of these abortions are carried out for economic reasons. So we are subjecting the unborn to this type of treatment for money. You don't see in nature animals performing abortions on each other. That's my basis for de- kind of de- deciding if something is 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 godly or not. You hear a lot of Christians come out and attack, you know, gay people saying, you know, God hates fags. But the way I look at it, God created fags. If you really want to go down that route. And by the way, I can't stand the society we live in that has that has to have a damn crying closet these days for every word that's uttered in existence. I, I always revert back to George Carlin. Words are just words. It's the context that's important. When I was a kid, the word fag was thrown around as, you know, something like calling something lame or dumb. I even had kids that would later grow up and identify as gay calling me and other my and all of our friends fags as well. It wasn't something that and and, and a lot of a lot of these kids when we were when I was a kid, we knew that there was, you know, they were a little different. Maybe we weren't we weren't uh, aware enough to say that they were actually gay, but we knew that there was something a little off, you know, with them compared to the rest of us. And not that that's anything wrong with that, but we knew that they just they weren't quite the same. And that didn't stop us. We all treated each other like friends. And that was the whole point is that they use the word interchangeably, whereas now we use that word and it's all oh, you hurt my feelings. What happened to sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And I put the asterisk unless I allow them to. Words do carry power. Words can hurt people. You should be mindful of how you use your words. You shouldn't go up and walk up to a, a somebody that identifies as homosexual that you know is not your friend and just start calling them a fag. Like you, you should be aware enough to know that that will probably produce a negative reaction from them. But if you're talking about your gay friend that you've been friends with for years, I don't see a problem with calling them a fag. Just like if you have a black friend that you've been friends with for years, you know, calling him a nigger and, or him calling you a nigger. I had black friends threw around the word all the time. Context. I had to pause there cause I lost my train of thought, but that's, I, I, I remember where I was going with that. So solutions what is the solution well just like i said with rape most people i won't even say most a lot of people particularly men will try to victim blame and say that a woman that is raped it's her fault if only she hadn't been wearing that type of clothes or associating with those type of men or going to that particular club you know it's her fault that she got raped and i unequivocally unequivocally disagree with that we have to take accountability for the type of men that we raise as a society. We need to raise our young men in this world to understand that you are not allowed to have that type of physical contact with a, with a girl or a woman unless it's consensual. And I would go even further. I would say consent can't be given by a young woman in my opinion because I'm a father. I'm not saying that you know my daughter has to come to me and get my permission to have sex with, with, with her boyfriend when, you know, when she's 21, 22 years old in college or whatever. I'm not saying that. But I have raised my daughter to understand that, you know what, number one, sex feels good. I'm not going to lie. But there's a lot of things in this world that are great. You know, the first couple hundred couple times you do them, first couple hundred times you do them, you know. But after a while, just like anything, anything, you could you could be in the most gratifying sexual relationship with your spouse, you know, ever. 
And eventually the fire wears out a little bit and you got to reinvent it and you got to learn, you got to change things up and there's no different. And that's why I feel so many people are sexually promiscuous is because once you start to make a connection with that person, you've had sex more than once, it, it, it already gets old. So I'm raising my, my kids to not be abstinent necessarily, but don't you even, I always tell my, my oldest, I say, don't you ever have sex with a man that you are not prepared to have a child with? Don't have sex with a man that you're not prepared to bring him home and get my approval. You know what I mean? Um, I am old school in that sense where I believe that, that not, not so much that marriages should be arranged, but marriages should be blessed. Uh, a man or a woman, if you're gay or whatever, a, 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 a man that that is unable to approach the father of the girl that he wishes to marry and to express his intentions and get his blessing and approval is not a man at all. And that is not the type of guy that I want spending the rest of his life, supposedly, or, or that's the goal, with my daughter. Because I know it ain't going to happen. So with regard to abortion... And, and this is the last thing I'll say, and then, uh, and then I think I, I think that that's it for the, for this uh, episode. Is as a society, women are getting abortions majority, in my opinion. I, I haven't seen actual statistics, but I bet you, if you did a poll on women, most of them would say it's economic reasons. Um, we need to support our daughters and our sisters, and as a society and and as individuals and, and families, we need to support are women and let them know that there are other alternatives. If you happen to get pregnant, you're 16 years old by some loser that jumps ship the second he finds out, there are other solutions. They may not be easy, but guess what? Abortion isn't easy either. I've seen so many cases and instances and I've read so much about it, about how the trauma that occurs to you when you get an abortion lasts with you for forever, I would say, but at least until you're able to deal with it on, on a spiritual level. At least until you can let it go and move on and have acceptance about what was done and not, you're going to, you're trauma, it's a traumatizing experience. How do we know it's traumatizing? If a woman was awake for the procedure and not under drugs or being put under, I mean, imagine, imagine a, a stranger coming up to you and basically going inside your, your vagina, you know, into your cervix and basically pulling your baby out with tools. That's a pretty traumatic experience. Just because they put you under doesn't mean anything. Spiritually and physically, it is a traumatic experience. So how do we fix this? We create a world where we put an emphasis on supporting mothers. If you're in a family and you have a daughter or a sister that gets pregnant, not saying, oh, it's not my problem. You know, I have family members that their, their own daughter, you know, in the young 20s got pregnant and she's living at home right now as, as is her husband. And they're raising the the mom and the dad. My 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 relatives are are raising their grandchild together with their own children. That is the the ideal example for what we need to strive for as a society. We need to let women know that you know what you don't have the right to be promiscuous in the sense that you can do it if you want, but it's not without consequence. However, things happen. And if something happens, we got your back because we put an emphasis on, on preserving God's creation and preserving life, not an emphasis on preserving the, the practice of, of ending life. Thanks for listening. If you, you want to leave a comment, reach out to me. I'd be happy to, to do a, a podcast with somebody and, and discuss this. 
Again, my name is Neo, and you have been listening to The Matrix is Real. Out.